You're listening to Fandoms. I'm your host, Brody Otway. Join me as I interview a guest about anything from Tracy Morgan to the Demi Gorgon. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Jared about Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome to the show, Jared. Oh, thanks for having me on, Brody. So, how long have you been playing Dungeons and Dragons, and how did you first get into it? I think I started playing around like 2006 or something, but my exposure to it was a lot earlier than that. When I was like a little boy, my dad used to play um, like old school uh, like D&D video games. So, you know, Baldur's Gate... Uh, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, those were all games based off of, I think, like, second edition and third edition? Yeah, ne- Neverwinter Nights, for sure, was a third edition game, because I actually played through all of it and all of its expansions. Like, when everybody else was running around playing, like, uh, RuneScape and stuff like that when we were kids, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I was playing I was playing D&D on the computer. <laughs> yeah, me and my buddy were playing Diablo 2, and everybody else was playing RuneScape. Yeah, I was like, I never got the hype behind it, you know? So, do you ever DM, or are you just the player? Uh, right now, I'm a player. It's been about, our campaign's been going, I want to say, like, a year and a half or so. And it's been a lot of fun. But prior to that, especially when I was living in Thunder Bay, I think I DM'd for, like, ten years straight. Do you have a preference of uh, being a DM or a player? Not really a preference, per se. It's like, players don't have to bring a whole lot to the table, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just make sure your character sheet is updated, you know, make sure your backstory or whatever else you want to incorporate into your character concept is all fleshed out, everything like that, especially that can be a lot done alongside with the DM. But like, let me tell you, there was probably would have been six months ago in a session, I got to not DM for our campaign, but my DM was like, he just messaged me privately, and he was like, you're now a doppelganger? Your one job is to fuck over the boys. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh man, I immediately went like DM brain, and I just started screwing with them. It was, it's it's a, it's it's like a little bit of both. You gotta, you gotta have a balance. I don't think being like forever DM is, is especially fun. You get to express it a little differently, like, you're running the game. And, like, fooling your players or pulling the wool over their eyes or uh, even, like, you know, when you really hit those nice emotional beats, stuff like that can be really rewarding. But on the other hand, like, just being a player and not having any responsibility for the game is fantastic. Yeah, I've mostly been a DM for the last while and I've had a bit of an itch to go be a player recently. Well, let me tell you, if you don't get a chance to be a player, any of your character concepts that you brew up because I know I was always brewing up different, like, multi-classes and character concepts and everything like that. Turn them into NPCs. My current campaign that I was doing was Pirates, so they have a whole crew of these NPCs I've made that, like, sometimes they'll just bring one along on an adventure, so I get to play a few of my player concepts in that sense. That's that's kind of a hard balance, too, though, because, like, when you're brewing up these NPCs, because they're originally PC ideas, it's, uh, okay, I have to make them lower level, and I can't let them take the spotlight. Yep. Because then it just becomes a DM PC, and that's that's very frowned upon. Yeah, it's it's mo- it's like a very fine line. The character I'm playing right now, uh, he originally comes from a NPC that I made from a PC. When you are a player, what's your, do you have a favorite class you like to play? 
it's that's a really hard one. I got a few like character concepts that I really love. So right now I'm playing a wood elf moon druid. He originally was brewed up for uh, one shot a friend of mine ran so I could have a little break from DMing. And it was set in Ravnica, which is a Magic the Gathering setting. Don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Not hugely, but um, I have a lot of interest in the series. Okay, well, Ravnica is like a giant plain-wide city, okay? And underground, there's a faction called the Golgari. And Golgari are typically made up of Dark Elves. So I made him like uh, a half-elf for this campaign, and he was supposed to be half uh, Golgari elf, or I think they're called Devka- yeah, Devkaran elves. So I gave him an Australian accent, and I started uh, <laughs> mixing in like Aussies, right? They don't call themselves Australians, they're Australians. So he wasn't a Devkaran elf, he was a Devi. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So oh. I've retained that uh, Australian silliness that I uh, for the character now. And uh, I remember the first session I played, my boys here in Kenora were just dying. They're like, you're going to talk like that the whole campaign? I was like, you you know it. This character lives in my head rent-free. <laughs> I have started so many characters with accents in that pirate campaign where it's like, I can maintain the Australian one. I can maintain the flamboyant Spanish guy in their crew. But all of the other accents, I cannot keep like straight at all. And do you do you find they like blend into a different accent slowly? Yeah, because <laughs> that's yep. what happens to me. Half of my anybody with like an English accent for me starts slowly turning Australian if I'm not careful. It's bad. Yeah. So there's there's Moon Druid, which I've been enjoying a lot. I'm playing uh, right now. Uh, my my Moon Druid is. 10 levels of Moon Druid and 3 levels of Rogue for a dip into Scout. It's been uh, pretty good. Huge skill monkey. You know, Scout gives a lot of, like, versatility. You can use your uh, reaction to move half of your distance without uh, proccing attacks opportunity against you, so it lets you keep animal form a lot longer. Makes my effective HP, like, just absolutely ridiculous. Um... I've played an Arcane Trickster before. That was a lot of fun. And I got up to a lot of shenanigans with that character. <laughs> Sounds uh, like fun. I think, like, the, the first character I played in 5th edition that was, like, a longer-running campaign was... Uh, I was playing an just a basic evocation wizard. And, I mean, you literally just can't go wrong, like, chucking a fireball into your friends and not hurting them. Yeah, it's, and, it's uh, pretty, pretty fun to see my one of my players in my last campaign was a first-time player, and he had a lot of fun with Evocation. Evocation Wizard is just like bread and butter wizard, man. <laughs> but I, I think my, my favorite subclass of wizard, and this is like the last one that's kind of been on my mind on my watch, is, and I got to play it finally. Uh, for We did like a little side campaign thing where we got to play level 20 characters with two rares and one mythic uh item okay. and uh oh man i got to play a blade singer wizard with a two level dip into fighter nice let I, me tell uh... you blade blade singer wizard is some stupid shit <laughs> like really dumb it's like yes i will take a uh, plus like seven to my ac and uh i will attack i will polymorph into um i can't remember what the specific demon is called right now and I will make a clone of myself, and they're going to do the same thing, and I'm going to take 27 attacks on my first turn of combat. <laughs> oh my god, that is wild. Um, sorry, I'm, I, is Bladesinger the one that was introduced in Tasha's Cauldron, or is that the one that's from the basic handbook? It's not in the basic handbook, and I 
it was introduced well before Tasha's. I think it's from. Oh, Volo. No, Volo's guide wouldn't have it. Um, I'll just maybe it's the uh, guidebook so... to. Yeah, I'm so bad with remembering toast. any of this stuff now because I had just have it all on D and D Beyond. I'm just gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna Google it. What book it's from? Because uh, um, I I want to know now. I own them all. I used to, and then I went through this depression where I was like. Nobody's playing. I can have. I can't find players. Blah blah blah. I'm just gonna sell all my D and D shit, and then I ended up getting it all on D and D Beyond because all of my players were just using that to build their characters, and I was like, "Okay, well, it's really nice. I I really like it for that too. I never used to use it. I used to be a pen and paper guy exclusively, and uh, my once I moved to Kenora, my D and D group that I got. Uh, kind of adopted by they uh they were like yeah we use D beyond i'm like okay that's cool yeah and i found it uh, nice yeah, that yeah. i could just share that content with all my players so like I, I, I everything up... i bought it just unlocks for them i yeah i know i bought a bunch of stuff when it was on sale too a lot of the books that i already own it's just handy when you have new players it's like you know what just download the app and build whatever you want i'll invite you to the campaign you'll have access to all my content yep but uh, the book we were thinking of, it's the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Yes. Yes. You're, yeah. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is the first time Reddit's been handy during this podcast. I've mentioned in a couple episodes now, but oh, Reddit and me are not having, not having a nope. good relationship so far. I've gotten me and Reddit get from, along pretty well. <laughs> I got banned from the Love Live group i believe it was because i joined in asking questions about shit and somebody i guess didn't like that and i they uh marked me as spam and i got kicked what yeah oh go figure that's reddit for you (laughs) yeah moving on from pre-made content have you ever made any homebrew stuff like your own shit of course, of course. Uh, the campaign I ran in Thunder Bay, which went off and on for years and years, you know, play for a few months, drop it for a month or two, pick it up like and do like every two weeks for a few months, et cetera, et cetera, you know, off and on. Oh, yeah. Um, I had an entire homebrewed world. I had some homebrewed items. Monst- I always homebrew monsters all the time just because I find the CR system is absolute crap. So I have mm-hmm. to change the monsters up all the time to even challenge my parties it'll come to me after whatever but yeah i i've, I've done a ton of homebrewing and it's it's a lot of fun i've even homebrewed classes before oh i've never gone yeah. that hardcore yeah 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 even when i was like back playing in like 3.5 like me and my dm at the time we homebrewed a specific class for me after my one character died that <laughs> i was very attached to oh that what was your homebrewed class uh it was heavily inspired by bloodborne actually interesting how so um it had think of like Battlemaster fighter from fifth edition but like with parry and reposting and stuff like that but it was like the visceral attack and uh i could like transform my hp into bullets for my one like gun that i had and i had a transforming weapon like i literally like it was very heavily inspired we had taken like into um kind of a 
Victorian era esque sort of. It was like a little steampunky, so it was like the perfect time to introduce firearms, and it was re- it was a really 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 fun class to play. Very strong. Sounds fun. Maybe a little maybe maybe a little overtuned. <laughs> <laughs> so, what obstacles might somebody face trying to get into Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, we all know the bane of every D&D and uh, d party is scheduling. But um, outside of, like, that, if you're just trying to, like, get into the game itself, it's actually really easy. Uh, you know, like, we talked about D&D Beyond. That's a free service. You don't have to pay for it. You can just go in, make a character. Uh, you can use Roll20 to find groups if there's nothing local nearby. Uh, you can even decide I'm gonna take up the mantle, and you can just go right of DM and just go right on D and D's website, and you can download a free set of rules. I think you can even print out the character sheets for free from there, and like everything, it's great. Oh yeah. All yeah, you need at that super. point is a set of dice, and even if you don't have those, D and D Beyond has that built into the app. Or you can literally just use any dice roller that's available online. Yeah, definitely. The hardest thing I've had to face right now is finding players who can actually like actually want to stick with it long term. I've been very fortunate that we've been like like I swear, I think I think we've only missed maybe four sessions that's in like awesome. a year and a half of playing. I'm jealous. We do kid. it yeah, we, we do it every two weeks on Wednesday. Yeah, that pirate campaign I mentioned is currently on hold because someone in our group just constantly has some kind of thing in that has gotten in the way for the last few months and it just My one solution to like specifically scheduling issues with players is invite like eight people, right? Which mm. is a lot. Maybe not for uh, for some DMs, but for me, like that's quite a few people to be managing. And um, whoever shows up shows up. They did that the first time around, and then lately I've been trying to keep it small. But maybe I should be branching out. <laughs> I mean, it's just just a suggestion, right? Like. Oh, what are they doing? They're on a side mission or a side quest right now, or maybe they just way back in town. And then when maybe when you have some time with them, you can be like, "Hey, you three, uh, when are you available? You guys are missing out on what's going on in the main plot, so like we're gonna do a little side adventure wherever we left off." Yeah, definitely. You know? That was that, that way. Like everybody gets like content out of yeah. it everyone gets to tell their story and develop their characters etc yeah that was the main reason why i thought doing a pirate campaign would be good because if anybody didn't show up they were just staying back on the ship i mean that's that's a perfect solution like legitimately <laughs> so you mentioned a bunch of games earlier but have you played the new Baldur's gate i have how so you like it first i i mean i beat it already obviously Damn. i've done uh I've done one playthrough, but, uh, like, when it first came out in beta, or, uh, like, early access, rather, mm-hmm. I put 40 hours into into the uncompleted Act 1. <laughs> like, and that then I put lot. another, when it fully released, I put another 100 hours into it. Nice. Oh, I'm, I'm jealous. I haven't gotten to play it yet, but... I'm looking forward to when I find I I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, if you've never played Divinity 2, like you can tell Larian like took like the the core things that make Divinity 2 work really well and then they just like implanted that into D&D 5th edition and then made some really minor changes with like interactions with potions and stuff like that and and the game just works. It's, it's good. It's just really, really good. Characters are all very well written. Uh, the story's pretty solid. I have no complaints. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with that game. Oh, also, so Carlock is best girl. So I will jealous. fight you. Um, I, <laughs> I can't wait to get to experience it. Like, th- those people who say that, uh, you know, Lazelle's best girl? Wrong. 
<clears throat> it's Car it's Carlock. So what about the movie? What did you think about the Honor Among Thieves? I did not expect to enjoy that movie. I'm kind of a critic when it comes to films. I can really like I I can point out bad writing from a mile away. And uh, so I don't watch a whole lot of films, especially when it looks just like, oh, this thing has a built-in audience. Let's just make a movie of it. And it'll just, it doesn't matter if it's good or not. It'll just rake in cash. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because I'm cynical. But um, a buddy of mine, my, my DM actually, went, and he was like, bro, it's actually a really good film. And I was like, really? Huh. So I went with a couple friends, and uh, I was I was thoroughly surprised. It wasn't like it wasn't like on the nose about that it's D and D, which I really appreciate. Like that I really appreciated about it. It wasn't like I cast green flame blade. Like the guy just says a magic word, and it is exordic knights and green flames. It's like you know, anytime the spells are being cast, it's not like gonna hit you on the head. Like this is D and D. But if you're a fan of D and D, you'll notice it and appreciate it. Yes, I agree completely, and I don't know, for me, in that opening scene when they grab the guy and jump out the window, I was like... <laughs> that's, that's, that's something a player would do, though, yes. like, legitimately. Yes. <laughs> that is something players would do. That's why I was like, this is good. This is really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I was not gonna watch the movie originally, and then somebody showed me the intro to it there, and I was like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a it was a good good film. Like it was just it was it definitely was just D and D. Like so, can you tell me a funny story from one of your experiences playing the game? Or interesting oh, story oh, doesn't necessarily oh, have to be funny. Oh, there's there's some pretty good ones. So I'll start with the most recent one that that comes to mind. So our DM, uh, when we did like our session zero forever ago, asked us what we wanted from the campaign. And a buddy of mine literally wanted to do a heist. So it was finally time for us to do this heist about a month and a half ago or so. And uh, our job was to sneak into this mine that had been shut down and was being guarded. It had a large cavern, like, like gigantic. Yeah, like basically like an open field in a cave before this huge gate. And it had like guard towers. But it was pretty dark near, like, the ceiling of the cave. So, you know, instead of, like, trying to time it out and figure out when the guard rotations were or finding a way to all turn invisible, you know, something like like being actually sneaky, our party, we're all, like, you know, going back and forth trying to figure out what we're going to do. And finally, my buddy is like, I got it. We're going to, who's, who's got the strong, you know, who's the strongest. So our, our Warforged barbarian fighters, like I, I have the high strength. We're like, perfect. I'm going to make you fly our, <laughs> our monk who has access to, inv- or it wasn't our monk. It was somebody had access to invisibility to turn him invisible. <laughs> I playing my moon druid had cast pass without trace and then polymorphed into a spider. And I just hung out on top of him and we were going to fly, basically just fly everyone over the giant wall with the gate <laughs> one at a time <laughs> and my dm looks up from his screen and goes so we're going with operation stork <laughs> <laughs> and how did operation stork go it was a complete success <laughs> damn <laughs> well i was basically like an i i was like an item that whole session i was just i was just wild shaped into a spider and that's it 
and just maintain concentration. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And we just flow we just flew each guy over, put him on top of the guardhouses. One one guard almost caught us and we uh our artificer just brained him, like just domed him. He was gone in like two seconds. And then we, we ended up sneaking in and the rest of the heist ended up being like home alone. And uh, with like Home Alone style traps. Now, our DM did not intend it to be that way, but there is a running joke in our party that we are the Wet Bandits. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were stuck in a uh, in a simulation. This is like a cyberpunk uh, campaign. <laughs> so, and we were trying to test the limits of this. Uh, a simulation and we kept getting ourselves killed but we were brought into the simulation by pods and every time we would die we'd wake up in like the vr pod so at one point i can't remember who suggested it but we were like let's just all pee in the pods and see if that like makes us pee in real life and then we'll short circuit the pods <laughs> and our dm was already like i think it had been like an hour and a half of us just killing ourselves so he was getting real sick of it, sick of our shit. And he was just like, yeah, you guys pee and you pee and you pee and you pee. And then you drown in your pee. Okay, you guys respawn. What do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, we're the piss boys. We're the wet bandits. <laughs> and oh, so we're God. going through this, like, tunnelless mind shaft full of Home Alone style traps. And I'm like, oh, my God, boys. We've become the actual wet bandits. We need to find a sink to leave it running. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. I was wondering but, when uh, it was going to tie into Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, there was one time I was playing my, my arcane trickster rogue, and she she was just a hellion. I, I roleplayed that character very heavily, and uh, she's very selfish, except for when it came to her friends. And she was kind of a coward. And at one point, one of our players couldn't make it, so it was just me and the fighter. And we were exploring this little village outside of a castle, you know, whatever, just downtime session. And, the, and towards the end of it, our DM's like, yeah, the castle gate, you know, drawbridge falls down. And you just see, like, a horde of undead zombies just shuffling out. We roll for initiative. I go first. I'm like, I cast invisibility upcast it on me and our fighter. And what do you do then? I say, we're leaving. <laughs> we went down to the river and we hopped in a boat and we just completely left <laughs> how many people like, did you uh, leave there <laughs> it was a small village outside of that we left so many people to die <laughs> oh gosh i love that like kind my of dm thing. was my dm just closed his book and was like well there goes all the content i've been writing for the last two weeks uh see you guys in two weeks <laughs> oh man, my probably my all-time favorite thing was I was running this campaign where one of my players throughout the whole thing, he was doing his own side thing where he's like, I'm going to become the uh, he pacified a group of goblins and they basically like because of all the nat 20s he was rolling, he basically had become like the leader of a goblin tribe. And he's like, I'm going to teach these goblins to be nice. And so he starts trying to teach the goblins and he finds out there's more tribes of goblins. And he could not roll to save his life during combat. He would get nat ones constantly and be swinging and tripping over shit. And then anytime <laughs> it involved him and his goblin bullshit, nat 20, nat 20, nat 20. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? And so, I like, originally I was trying to shut down the Goblin King because I'm like, he's going to have yeah, of course. an army of goblins by the end. Army. Yeah, and then 100%. Anything he did, just nat 20, nat 20. So eventually I had to just start rolling with Goblin King. And that was, it, it ended up being a lot of fun. But then there was also an NPC I created for the pirate campaign I mentioned, where I did not expect him to become, like, basically their mascot. They have had him from, like, early in the campaign on their team, they have never learned his actual name. It's gotten to the point where oh. I've forgotten his name. It's written in the note in his like notes and shit. But he's just a macho and he has been there from early on and they are just completely endeared to this random character who I thought was not going to even join their crew. This this reminds me, have you ever heard of a creator? She does like videos, animations and stuff on YouTube, but she also runs like a little comic thing. Her name is Dingo Doodles, okay? And she has this one comic strip panel where she's like, her DM is like, oh, you see this guy and he's wearing, you know, this like hood. He's obviously like a plot important character. And he's giving like this dark omen about the quest. And she's like, what's your name? And the DM's like, uh, and she goes, we're going to call you Bucket. <laughs> and he's like, no, my name is, you know, blah, 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 the third. And he's, she's like, no, your name's Bucket now. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's, that's the same energy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, except for this, like, he was literally, at first they just, like, dismissed him. And he's like, well, like, he ended up following them. I'm like, okay, okay this is going to end in a fight. But they just ignored him until eventually they were just, like, talking. They were, like, including him in decisions they were making. And I was like, uh, what's going on here? Like, I thought they hated him. And then eventually they're just like, you're our mascot now. Like, welcome to the That's team, funny. Macho. I'm trying oh. to think, like, what's another good story? Or um, the same Arcane Trickster Rogue that I played. This was in 3rd edition, 3.5. Uh, our DM had set up. Think like Howl's Moving Castle, except for less mechanical, more Eldritch Abomination Nightmare. Okay. And we were like going through this, we were been tasked with like taking out this giant flesh castle, basically. And, uh, you know, we sneaked inside, it was gross and fleshy, did a couple combats, etc. But we get to this like central room where you can like see, like, it's like the, you can think of it almost as like the, like a throne room. But there's no more throne, everything's gross, but there's this weird mound of flesh with a face in it. And me and the fighter are arguing about what to do, because we have no, we're so in over our heads. No idea what to do. And he's like, all you're good at is stabbing things and picking locks. You're just a glorified door opener. And I was like, fine, if I'm so good at stabbing things, I'll just stab this thing. Fuck you, right? And I did. And my DM goes, Wait, what weapons are you using? And I was like, my my double sword, my my all my my dual short swords that deal sonic damage. He goes, <sighs> okay, well, it's they're technically it's prone, so it's a crit roll. I'm like I'm like I'm like, do I roll sneak attack? He goes, yeah, roll your sneak attack as well. So I end up doing a crap load of damage, and he's like, yeah, and then you feel you hear a piercing shriek come from this mound of flesh as blood starts pouring out of it, and then the castle shudders. 
and it falls. I completely derailed his giant flesh castle that we were supposed to, like, puzzle out. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. Like, like... <laughs> her name is Asami. That's, that's the character. <laughs> I derailed that campaign, like, three times. <laughs> unintentionally. So those are some pretty good experiences playing D&D. Have you had any negative experiences while playing the game? With Not really, honestly. I've mostly played with uh, friends, family, etc. And yeah, it's, it's been pretty good for the most part. Occasionally, uh, you know, you might get a player who questions like a ruling because they don't know the rules usually. So like, I remember one instance where like my whole party was kind of mad at me. And I was like, I had them fighting an Etten with a, uh, with a Warhammer that was able to return after he threw it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, um, you know, Hyalmar, Cleric, does a 24 hit your AC? He's like, yeah. I'm like, perfect. He smucks you in the face with a thrown hammer. He goes, wait, I don't get to, like, roll a dodge check or something? I'm like, no. I rolled to hit your AC, and I hit you, and that's that. Well, but, but surely he gets to roll. I'm like, no. Guys, when you shoot an arrow, do, do I make them roll to see if they duck and weave out of the way? I'm like, guys, come on now. This is like, this is like combat 101. Yeah. And they go, they were a little bit frustrated with me. And I was just like, this is, this is the rules. They ended up beating him and taking his hammer anyway. Like that was, I, that's the only thing that I can even think that's like vaguely negative. I find most groups are really good, especially with like uh, covering like topics. You know, that's what, like, that's what session zero is for. It's like, okay, so like, what do you and what don't you want to see in the game? Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, if somebody is very opposed, like, say you want to run, like, a really dark and gritty campaign, and somebody's like, this is fine, I don't care if there's, like, literal genocide referenced in this, I just do not want to see sexual assault. And it's like, yeah, no big deal, easy, you know? Whatever you're not comfortable with, it will not be in the game, 100%. And I think that really smooths things out from becoming negative in any way, yeah, right? Because at the end really of the day, thing. we're all... We're all trying to play a game and, and collaborate a story. So, do you listen to any live play podcasts of D&D, or real play podcasts? I have listened to so many. What's your, um, do you have a favorite? My favorite is definitely not another D&D podcast. <laughs> I absolutely love that thing. Um, I remember the summer that I found out about that podcast, I binged the entire first series. That and th that's called Not Another D&D &D Podcast? Not Another D&D &D Podcast, or NADPOD for short. Okay, I haven't checked that one out. I'm going to have to take a check um, and listen. Cause... You would, you'll, you'll probably know most of the players on that, on that or the people who are running it. Because a lot, I think, I think every single one of them actually, maybe except for Jake Hurwitz, um, worked for um, College Humor. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. recognize some of them then. Because, yeah, uh, lately they're... I went pretty hard on Dungeons and Daddies. Ah, uh, yeah, that's one I was going to mention. Ah, uh, yeah, the first, I'm not as into the second season as I was the first. I loved the first one. Ron Stampler fucking. Oh, do you mean, oh my oh, god, my the, god. Ra the, the robe that doesn't sneak attack. Shoot me in the head. <laughs> yep. I... Or or like when or like when they first time <laughs> they're druid wild shaped they're like yeah it's not how it's supposed to work so we'll just like cut the bear's stats in half that'll be okay right <laughs> yeah 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 no I I would love to do my own D and D podcast I just don't want to be the DM for it. 
Yeah, definitely a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. For uh, I mean, that's what happened. I don't know if you've ever listened to Adventure Zone, but uh, I will say if you haven't, the first campaign they did, campaign one is called Balance. It is very similar to Dungeons and Daddies in like how goofy it is and how they don't know the rules. It's more about like three sons and their dad just goofing around and playing D&D. And then as the series progresses, it gets emotional. It gets like, uh, it just, it, that, that whole first campaign is just lightning in a bottle. Like, it's so good. The next ones after that don't stack up quite as well, especially, like, when they change. So the one, the youngest brother's name is Griffin. He ran the first and second campaign, and then they did a bunch of little stuff, and then they switched out. They've been switching out with the, who, which who's DMing the campaigns now. They're the, the ones done by the other brothers and their dad, not quite as good as Griffin. It's still pretty good. Like, I, I have no complaints. Except for Travis, the middle child. He, ugh. I did not like graduation. This yeah. campaign sucked. But, Good to know, because I'm always looking for new ones for the gym and shit. I got a couple other ones I can think of here. If you if you haven't heard of Dimension Twenty, very good. Brennan Lee Mulligan. Brennan Lee. Oh my god. Yeah, Brennan Lee Mulligan. That's right. He is a absolutely fantastic DM. Like by far one of the best. He's up there with Matthew Mercer for sure. And that's also the college humor crew that plays on Dimension Twenty. It's really, okay. really good. One of my good buddies loves loves it. He'll re-listen to the like the campaigns. Um another one that I don't see a lot of people talking about is Lucky Die. It's it's like it. D it's like D and an audio drama mixed together. And Ooh. uh it's just it's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, most of like, the ones really I've, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, most of the ones I've listened to have been like things like I listened to a podcast and then like they're like, oh, and we also do a D and D podcast. Like, uh, I've listened to D and D is for nerds from Sans Pants, and uh, I subscribe to Patreon for Alien Theorists Theorizing just to listen to those dudes play D and D. And then I stumbled into Dungeons and Daddies and. A few others just by random happenstance, but yeah, I've been looking for more. There's one other show I can recommend. The first episode has garbage, and I mean garbage quality, but um, if I can remember what it's called, because they have two podcasts. The other one's called Dungeon Cast. It's more of for like DMs. It's about like the lore and like how the stat blocks break down and they cover usually every year they change like an overall theme of what they're going to cover but their super quest saga that's what their other show is called it is a science fiction uh fifth edition campaign it is very very good like very good it's just four buddies playing D, and it's it's just good it's good stuff if you like sci-fi you like DD. uh the dm will has made a lovely homebrewed campaign homebrewed setting i think they even started um it might be being fan backed right now for a book based on the setting so very it's cool. uh i i can't recommend it enough it's very good but just just be warned the first episode's audio quality is actual dog shit after that it's better good to know good to know yeah i would i really want to do one uh spin spun off from this show where each season is a different ip that somebody is a fan of so like do Star Wars 5e for the first one. My buddy showed me that there's a Transformers tabletop game. and there's I just a ton of to do Yeah, I would just love to jump between different IPs for every season. I think that would be fun to do. That'd be, that'd be cool. So have you played any other tabletop RPGs other than D&D? Pathfinder doesn't really count, but it kind of does. I've, I've played Pathfinder before. Um... 
but I I have not really played anything other than uh, editions of Dungeons and Dragons slash Pathfinder. Which editions uh, have you played for D and D? I've played, I have played three point five. I've played fourth edition once, but we don't talk about that because <laughs> <laughs> fourth edition. And I've played a lot, a lot of fifth edition. Um, mind you, I, I've also probably put in just as many hours playing three point five. Uh, I like all well. Like I said, I didn't really play enough of 4th edition to actually play it, play it. I was in, like, high school. My buddy wanted to try running a game. So I didn't really get a good taste of it. But I know the general overview of people, most people don't like 4th edition because it's different. Yeah. But as far as, like, other systems I would love to play, you got Blades in the Dark. That looks like a fantastic system. And then you have uh, Monster of the Week, actually, is, like, a really fun, like, rule, rule, uh, holy man, words, rules light system. (laughs) It's a it's a two d six, so it's like oh you rolled like you roll from like a seven two or nine like that's a success, underneath a seven is a fail, or like anything past that nine is a critical success, and they all have like different outcomes and like if you critically success like you can tack on like bonus things. It's it's really really neat. Oh, that sounds interesting. Um, I definitely have only played third uh, 3.5 i think it was uh which was where i started with D, and then fifth edition the last while just because it's been the easiest thing for me to <laughs> teach people well uh, that's what i really like about fifth edition though is it's not crunchy like third edition third edition is like all about like you know taking feats and getting these little minute like upgrades that eventually like snowball into like really big powerful things mm-hmm. whereas like in fifth edition you know you get your like big level up maybe you get a feat and you get like a nice class feature those are where you get your big power bumps from so it's a little bit different it's definitely less crunchy and it has a little bit more like just less rules in general and they've combined a lot of the skills from third like third edition in general so it's like instead of like climbing and swimming you know, things like that, right? They're like athletics. And I think that's just way better. Some people think it's like dumbing it down, but I, I don't know. I think if it smooths out gameplay and makes choices easier for like especially new players, then it's good. And I mean, obviously it is good because it's like this has been the most popular edition of Dungeons and Dragons ever. Yeah, like definitely there's never been there's COVID. never been. Well, even before that, like I I legitimately, like, think that, like, 5th edition has brought in, like, just blew open the doors, you know? So many people who would never have thought to play D&D are now playing D&D. Oh, yeah. D&D isn't just some, like, nerd thing that, you know, people get together, you know, little off groups of people. Like, you see people from, like, all walks of life playing D&D. Yeah. And I think it's a really good thing. Like, it's it's good. What is the best part of Dungeons & Dragons to you? To me? Well, I'm a big role player. I really like role playing. But as far as like what makes D&D very special is and I mentioned it earlier is the collaborative storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think it's really fun to get together with your friends, you know, you have a couple drinks, you bring snacks, you get everybody together, you have a couple goofs, you know, and you just and you just tell a story together. And there's something very special about that, especially like when the story beats just line up perfect and like and everyone is just blown away and the DM's having a good time and everybody's having fun. And regardless of what's happening in game, like it's just, 
those it's it's just very special. I love it, man. Uh, great answer. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting D and D with me, Jared. It has been awesome. Yeah, man. It's been way too long. We don't chat nearly enough. Thanks a bunch for tuning in. If you'd like to be a guest yourself, want to see a list of upcoming episodes, give feedback, or suggest questions, join us on Discord, or reach out to us on Twitter. You can also reach us at email at pod.fandoms at gmail.com. And if you could give us five stars on your podcast app of choice, we'd really appreciate it, as it helps us get new lovely listeners like yourself. Thank you. Thank you.